Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So if you do have your Bibles, if you do want to follow along, we're going to be in Mark chapter 9, Proverbs 1, and Romans 8. So uh, one of the ways that I make things hard on myself is whenever I was in Texas, we tied on. So I, I mean, not to say that I'd never dallied. I'd done a little bit of team roping into buddies. I wasn't no good, but you know, really learning how to dally was, was a little bit difficult for me. And especially when we got into the ranch roping where you didn't have rubber on your horn, you had to like, you know, wrap that thing around about 92 times and, or that's what you think whenever you're, uh, starting out. But one of the things that I always, and I still do it from time to time, I try not to, but I still do, is whenever I rope something, instead of just, because most of the time they take off, you know, they, they're not just, most of the time they don't just stand there, they start moving. And I, when I was, I try to pull the cow, I hold on to my rope, try to pull the cow to wrap it around my deal, and my saddle horn, instead of just letting rope run, Going around, around, and it'll eventually stop. I mean, you think about it. Th there's a you know 600 pound yearling there, 700 pound, 800 pound, however big they are, and you've got a horse that can pull it. You've got a rope that can pull a semi truck. Yet in our mind, we think that we have to do all of the work ourselves and uh, and stop the dally or you know get the dally on. It's silly to use our own strength and power when we have the rope and the horse. We just make things difficult on ourselves. And that's just an easy illustration. I think that we do it all the time. But like I said, today we're going to talk about three surprising things that can only come from God that we've been trying to do ourselves. In other words, we've been depending on ourselves instead of God. We've been making it hard on ourselves. So, in Mark chapter 9, there, there's a, there's, I don't want to say it's great because it kind of, it's kind of a sad story, but in Mark chapter 9, there is a father that goes to the disciples and asks them for help. Now, the, what help he needs is his son, young son, is uh, possessed by a demon. And so this guy tells the disciples, man, he starts frothing at the mouth. He, you know, the demon will throw him into the fire and he's like, scared he's going to kill him. Well, the disciples do all they can and nothing happens. So in walks Jesus, right? Jesus comes moseying down the road, right? And so the, the dad runs over to Jesus and he's like, hey, we got a problem over here. My son is possessed by, by a demon. Your boys ain't nothing. They can't do nothing about it. If you can, can you help? And can you help? Mark 9, verse 23 and 24. What do you, this is Jesus talking. What do you mean, if I can? That, that, that like to me is the most powerful statement, one of the most powerful statements in the entire Bible. Jesus asked the question, what do you mean, if I can? I made the universe, you know? I mean, I have, I have authority. So it says, what do you mean if I can? This is in the simplified cowboy version. 
Jesus raised an eyebrow and asked, What do you mean if I can? Ain't well for a man who believes. The man fell to his knees and sobbed. I want to believe, but you have to help me. I want to believe, but you have to help me. In your version of the Bible, it might say something like, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Okay? Help me with my unbelief. Um, I want to believe, but you've got to help me. And this shows one thing to me. This shows the first surprising thing that we've been doing on our own, that's making things hard, is that I believe, and you'll have to hear me out because I know a lot of people, especially you, you know, OG are going to be like, no, no, no. But hear me out before you say no. Faith comes from God, not us. Faith comes from God, not us. Watch. Protestant Christianity, there's two main schools of thought. And Armenian or Wesleyan. Okay? The difference is Calvin, the Calvinists, believe that man is so depraved and steeped in sin that they cannot even believe in God unless he makes them. Like we are, Calvin's belief that we are incapable of on our own of even having faith, period, unless God gives it to us. Now, the Wesleyan view is nearly the same. But the Wesleyan view says that faith is offered to everybody, but it's our job to choose God. Okay. Now, I'm not going to argue because smarter people than me have made cases for both of those, and I really don't care because basically summarize Calvinism versus Wesleyan. Anybody ever remember? I feel so sorry for the younger generation. Y'all do not know the sound and smell of a red dodgeball hitting you in the Right? That is a smell and a sound and a feeling that we will never forget. Y'all kids don't get to do that anymore. Y'all play hopscotch or something. Nobody wants to get hurt. Man, we used to knock folks out. Kick them in the head when you went by, right? So imagine you're lined up for a dodgeball game, right? You got God, you got the devil. And there's a guy sitting there, the referee, says, all right, who wants to be on God's team? And a bunch of people raise their hand, and God says, Ty, come on. So Ty goes over there. And this goes on, and the devil chooses his, and God chooses his, and it, and it gets, you know, everybody's done. I, I'm usually the last one chosen, right? So I go with God. But anyway, so everybody on God's side starts looking at each other, and I'm just going to use a fictional Mitch. <laughs> Mitch looks over at Ty and says, How'd you get on this team? Ty says, Man, I raised my hand. Whose team? I don't want to be on the devil's team. I want to be on God's team. That's how I got here. And Mitch says, Oh, so you asked to be on the team. Ty's like, Yeah. He goes, Well, God chose me. I am that good that I didn't have to volunteer. God wanted me. So here's the point. Who cares how you got to God? All right? We're all on the same team. Okay? We're all on the same team. But the fact of the matter remains that even in the Bible, a guy asks God, Jesus, to help him believe. In other words, a lot of it comes from him. Luke 17, 5, even the disciples said this, 
The apostles said to the Lord, our faith. Increase our faith. They didn't say, hey man, what am I doing wrong that I don't have enough faith? No, they said, Jesus, increase our faith. Now, I have a part to play in it, but I believe that faith originates with God. You know, a lot of people, everybody's heard the, the story of Jesus um, that if you only have the faith of a mustard seed, that you can move a mountain, right? Everybody's heard that, right? Well, let me ask you a question. You have the faith of a mustard seed? How do you know? Moved any mountains lately? In other words, that mustard seed faith, for us, it's given by God. Let's turn that around. What if it said this? Listen, man, if I just gave you a mustard seed size of faith, you would be able to move a mountain. Which one of those offers you hope and which of them causes doubt? Do you, did you have the faith to originate that with a mustard seed? Do you have a mustard seed type faith? We start doubting ourselves. But if you turn it around and say, and God says, look, man, if I just give you a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Which one of those makes us want to follow God more? It's the second one, and you know it. That the onus of responsibility is not on us. Because I think in religion, not authentic Christianity, in religion what happens is it's always we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. And I, don't think, I think that we have a part to play in a lot of that, but the power in their origination comes from God. You know, we all heard the, the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? Well, God can lead a man to faith, but he can't make him believe. Like, the, we do have a part in it, but the, you know, we don't go digging around in the drunk drawer God gives us that faith. And how it originates, you can, whether you choose it or God gives it or whatever, in the end, faith is given by God. Three surprising things that can only come from God that we've been trying to do ourselves. One of them is faith. Which one do you want? To wonder if you have the faith of a mustard seed? Or if God tells you, man, I'm going to give you faith, and even if I just gave you a mustard seed side, you'd be able to move a mountain. Those are two separate things. And you know what, man? That second one, doesn't it feel that God is going to give you the faith to accomplish what he's asking you to do? You're not going to have to like go around and be like, oh my gosh, I don't, know what, I don't know if I have the faith to do this. If God is calling you to something, he's giving you the faith to do it. The second one. Does anybody... Read or seen the book, The Shack. It's a great, great movie. Um, and, you know, it got a lot of criticism from the religious people. It's a story. The dude wrote it so that his, for his grandkids. Okay? Come on. Quit trying to pick it apart. But in The Shack, one of the people portrayed in that is portrayed as a woman. But did you know that that part is biblical? Now, there's two women. Well, besides Papa, who was played kind of as a woman, but there was the Holy Spirit woman. What was the other one? Wisdom. And in Proverbs, 
starting in verse 20. I very seldom read a long passage, but these are three. I want you to... Wisdom shouts in the street. She cries out in the public square. Now, before I go on, I want you to understand that the writer of this proverb, Solomon, is saying that wisdom is like a woman, okay? Just kind of an allegory. Bouts in the street, she cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you. That's what wisdom is. That's what wisdom is saying to all of us. Even, you know, 2,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago, this was a problem. And yet, the point is, wisdom comes from God. Come and listen to my command. I'll share my heart and I'll make you wise. So when we say, be wise, is that going to originate within you? No, the Bible clearly tells us that true wisdom does not originate with ourselves. It only originates with God. If that's the case, and I'm not going to ask for hands or anything, but if you kind of are following along with what I said, that wisdom, wisdom comes from God, if that's the case, then why do you keep trying to figure everything out? Why are you making things hard on yourself? trying to find it yourself when it can only come from God. In James 1, 5, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. In other words, man, if you need wisdom, go to God and say, Hey, man, I need some wisdom to help me with this. And He's going to give it to you and He's not going to done this. Have you tried it on your own? Have you done that? No. He's not going to do that. He's going to give you the wisdom, right? He's going to give you the wisdom. But how do you know if you've received it? How do you know? Because wisdom is not a feeling. It's not going to... that runs over so like, oh, I am now wise. Look at me. It's not going to be like that. So how do you know if you've got wisdom? It's faith that the answer that comes from God is right and never easy. In other words, man, if you have, if you're praying about wisdom and this would be, and this would be hard, I think in the end, we always know what we should do of what is, some people the right one because our sinful nature always looks for the easy way out. Three surprising things that can only come from God, that we've been trying to do ourselves. Faith, wisdom, and now the third. And I've been setting you up. And this is really where you're going to have to just listen to the end before you call me stupid. I was talking to Daniel last night. Daniel is, our, is one of our board members. And I asked him, and, and Dan, Daniel is, he wasn't... You know, he's not really, he's not a cowboy in the sense that, you know, me, Ty, and Robert, and, you know, some of these others. He's not a cowboy in, from Texas, so, I mean, like, he's just this close, because he's from Texas. But, anyway, I asked him last night, I said, Daniel, 
If I told you to go rope a fence-jumping bull by yourself and tie it down, could you do it? <laughs> he laughed and he said, oh, right? But if I told him, if I told him, Daniel, I need you to go do this, and he's not at this moment of doing that, is he being disobedient? Let that sink in for just a second. Daniel's not a cowboy. He's never roped a bull, never roped anything off a horse. But if I told him to go do that, and he says, I can't, is he being? No, he is not, even though I told him to do it. Follow me. The Bible is full of us to obey, is it not? The Bible is full of things that we are supposed to obey. How often are you disobedient? How many things could you look through the Bible and go, I'm not doing very good in that. 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 And, and after a while, are you feeling hopeful anymore? No, you're like, man, I can't get anything right. But the Bible says that we're supposed to obey. How does that make you feel when you're like, I know I hadn't been doing that. I know I hadn't. It makes you guilty. It makes you feel guilty. Sometimes it might make you feel ashamed, upset, hopeless. Maybe you feel like a failure. Now, man, I, I just can't do this. I mean, come on. Any Christian worth their salt has read something and just gone, that's just, this is so hard. I don't think I can do it. I don't think that I can go rope a bull, even though it says in the Bible, go rope this bull, tie it down by myself. You don't have the skill set for that yet. But what if I told you that you didn't have to feel guilty or ashamed, upset, hopeless, feeling like a failure, thinking that you can't do it? What if I told you that was wrong? Because in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, does it not say, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong. So if there's no condemnation for those that believe in Christ Jesus, and we're looking at things in the Bible that we know that we're not doing yet, are we being dis disobedient? No. Because the question is, does obedience come from ourselves to obey? The ability to obey God's commands comes from you. I mean, from Him, not you. Sure, Daniel might know that eventually I'm going to ask him to go do that. But first, we're going to teach him how to ride. Then we're going to teach him how to rope or coil up a rope, throw it. Then we're going to teach him how not to fall off when you're doing those two things at the same time. And then we're going to practice on the dummy. And, and we're going to do all of this stuff until he has the ability to do it. And once you have the ability, you have been trained, you have grown. Once you have that, then if he has the skill set of taught him, that Ty has led him, that Mitch has helped him, he is fully capable. And then we tell him, go rope that bull out in the pasture and tie it down. And he says, no, that's disobedience. If you can't do it, you can't do it yet, right? So you're not being disobedient for doing something that you're not capable of doing. He will lead us to what we should obey. Think about that. God's going to, man, he's not just throwing you out there in the deep water telling you to swim. He is right there with you. Quit feeling guilty about everything. That, you know, you, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that and I'm not doing this. And I feel so bad that I'm just going to walk off. Just going to quit. But, been a Christian a long time. Let's say you've been a Christian for 10 years now. What's laying on your heart right now to do? 
right? What is God laying on your heart right now to do? So whatever that is, and you've been a Christian for 10 years, because you haven't done, you've been disobedient. No, he's been training you for 10 years, able to obey what he's asking you to do. We do not need to go through the Bible and just pick out, well, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. No, man, whatever God is talking to you about right now, he's giving you the power to obey that. He's saying that the power to obey comes from God. Does that give whatever you want? Well, you know it doesn't, okay? It does not give us a hall pass for not obeying. Well, God has not given me the power yet to stop drinking a gallon of whiskey and a 12-pack a day. Come on. If God is laying it on your heart, he's given you the power to obey it. Maybe he didn't do that 10 years ago, and you've been doing it for 10 years, right? There is no hall pass for disobedience, but... Listen, you're not going to get in trouble for not obeying God. You don't get to heaven by doing things right or wrong. You get to heaven, we are by works lest any man should boast, right? You're not going to go to hell for not obeying God's believing in God, okay? That is the only unforgivable sin because it takes faith to be able to forgive. If you don't have faith, you're not forgiven. Hey, boom. So, if to get in trouble, for there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, if you're not going to get in trouble for disobedience, it happens. You know, if my son wanted to go to a Broncos game, like, Dad, can you take me to a Broncos game? I'm like, sure. He said, this Sunday? And I said, yeah. I just want, I just want to be sure that you, know, and you go clean out the stalls and get the grass mowed, you know, your normal chores, be sure and get that done. before, And then he doesn't do any of it. Do we still go to the game? No. Same thing goes with you. What is God working on you right now about? Whatever that is, you're not going to get in trouble. You're not going to go to hell for not doing it. But you're never going to go anywhere further. God is not going to grow you until you do what he's telling you to do. And he is so patient. He is so patient. And people ask, I just don't feel like I'm moving forward. That's because you haven't done what he's asked you to do. Well, what he's asking me to do is hard. I've been drinking for 20 years, and now he wants me to stop, and that's hard. Duh. But if God is leading you to do it, he's given you the power to obey, and if you don't obey, guess what? Boom, you're stuck. You're not going to hell for it. But you're never going to grow. You're never going to move forward. In summary, it has gone from three surprising things that come from God to maybe three unsurprising things that come from God. If God gives us the faith we need, if God the wisdom we need, and God gives us the ability and the desire to obey, and by the way, I believe courage is the same thing. I just didn't have time to go into it. What if courage originated with God? God gives you the courage to do it when the time comes. There's people in Afghanistan, Christians in Afghanistan right now that are being murdered. That courage, no, sir. 
No, sir. That type of martyrdom, has to, that kind of courage has to come from God, not yourself. But anyway, if God gives us the faith we need, the wisdom we need, and the ability to obey, what this is that you need to think so dang hard on yourselves. Yeah, I've told you what to do, and I, none of this that I told you to do is easy. What is God telling you right now to work on? He's given you the faith to do it. He's given you the wisdom to do it. And he's even given you the power to obey. That never said that it's easy or going to come automatically. You're beating yourself up for nothing. And it is not but away from him. Colossians 2.23 These rules, talking about these rules may because they require strong devotion pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help conquer. So why do you keep yourself? We've got to stand God for everything we need instead of trying to make it happen. Instead of trying to make it happen, quit beating yourself up. Quit making things so hard on yourself. But don't do it, what he tells you to do. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we have been relying more on ourselves than, than we ever have on you in everything. God, help us to depend on you and your power, not ours. You sent your son to do for us what we couldn't, and that hasn't stopped. Every good thing and everything you ask us to do has your power and love built right into it. Help us to all take hold of that power and grab a hold of the wondrous things you have in store for us in this life and especially the next. And it's in Jesus. Amen.